Today's reading is from Acts 10, verses 1 to the end. Cornelius calls for Peter. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was then known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius? Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back, ma- bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter came up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open, and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, "'Get up, Peter. Kill and eat.' "'Surely not, Lord,' Peter replied. "'I have never eaten anything impure or unclean.' The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon... Three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his friends and relatives. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius 
answered, Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the house of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything of the Lord has commanded you to tell us. This is the word of the Lord. So we've had quite a, a complicated, complex reading. So I just want to help us try and unpack that a little bit. Um, if you come regularly here, you'll know that we are working through a series at our main morning service on hearing God. Because we talk about how as Christians we can hear God. And that's language we use. But a lot of people say to me, well, that's all very well, Debbie. You say, let's hear God. How on earth can we hear God? So what we're doing over the next few weeks, the past few weeks and the weeks to come, is to look at people in the Bible who heard God. And to work out how it was they heard God and what we can learn from that. So today we've got two men. Two men who both hear God, Peter and Cornelius. And Cornelius we begin with, he is a man who lives in Caesarea. He's um, a centurion, he's a Roman soldier. So he's not of Jewish background. And for a Jewish person would be known as a Gentile. So not belonging to the Jewish family. But he is a man who is devout and God-fearing and who prays regularly. And we have Peter, who is one of Jesus' disciples, who's lived with Jesus, watched him, learned all about him, watched him die, saw him rise from the dead, and has come from a Jewish background. And Peter spends time every day praying. So point number one. What is it about these two men that gives them the opportunity to hear God? They make space for him. They make space every day to take time to pray. And when we pray, we open up an opportunity for God to speak to us. Now, some of us have got a slightly confused message about what prayer is. When I was a child, I had my shopping list of prayers. God bless mummy, God bless daddy, God bless auntie so-and-so. And prayer was about me going to God with my list of things that I wanted God to sort out for me. But prayer is so much more than that. Prayer is taking our request to God, but it's also about spending time in his presence. And enjoying that sense of being in relationship with God. And when we make space for God, we create a space for him to come and meet with us. So sometimes prayer is about not saying anything at all. Sometimes the best prayers are when we sit in silence. And we just say, here I am, God. And we let God come and meet with us. And the more we do that the more we get tuned in to hearing God speak to us. So Peter and Cornelius were both men who made space to tune in to God and therefore were able to hear him. Now I think they must also have an expectation that they would hear God. That as they sat in his presence, 
They would be expecting to hear God. So that's point number two. If we want to hear God, we've got to go with a sense of expecting to hear God. Because I truly believe that God wants to speak to us, that he wants us to hear him. So we've got to go into his presence expecting to hear God. So two men who made space, made a discipline of prayer, and that's a really important thing to remember, that a discipline of prayer is important if we want to meet with God and hear from him. So Peter was sitting out on a rooftop, and as he prayed, the Bible says he had a vision. I don't know what that would have been like, whether he sort of half fell asleep. But he had a sense of a picture of a tablecloth coming down from the sky, full of food. And this tablecloth was full of the type of food that he wasn't allowed to eat as a Jewish person. And he heard the voice of God say, tuck in, enjoy. Now you can imagine, Peter would have been horrified. I cannot eat that food, that is not allowed It's a bit like those boys in the school when Mr. Keating comes in and says, come on, out you come, and you see them hesitating. They're in their seats thinking, are we allowed to go? That's what Peter felt. Is this allowed? Because this is what I've known, and now I think I'm hearing something else. And he heard the voice of God say, eat. Now, he also, at that point, heard some knocks on the door because God had also been speaking to Cornelius and said, send some of your men to Joppa and go and find Peter and bring him to your house. And this is point number three in this story. In hearing God, Peter needed to meet somebody else because he needed to hear God through the experience of somebody else. Now, for Peter, this was a major problem. He arrived at Cornelius' house, and his Jewish rules said, you cannot go into the house of a Gentile. So he has this picture of food he's not allowed to eat, and he finds himself outside somebody's house that he's not allowed to go into. But by this point, he's thinking, I think God is saying something to me. Let's go with it. And he trusts God and goes into the house of Cornelius. And they meet together, and part of Peter's understanding of what God was saying to him was crystallized in meeting Cornelius, because God had a job for Peter. Peter's job was to take the good news of Jesus to everybody, not just to the Jewish people, but to everybody. When Jesus left this earth, he said, I want the whole world to know who I am. This religion, this faith, is no longer just for the Jewish people. It's for everybody. And Peter needed to understand that because that was the job that God was calling him to do. But he had to get over so many of his own sense of what was right and what he was allowed to do in order to be able to do that. And meeting Cornelius helped him to hear God fully because he would see Cornelius And his immediate thought would be, this is a Gentile. Therefore, I cannot have a friendship with him. I'm not even allowed in his house. But he was willing to take a risk and went into the house. And he would have seen in Cornelius a God-fearing man, a godly man. All the evidence that Peter would see in Cornelius was, this man loves God. He's accepted this new Christian faith and is a follower of Jesus, and yet he is a Gentile. 
And that would have helped him see that what God was saying to him was, this new way of understanding life is that my good news is for everybody. And meeting Cornelius and seeing God alive in him helped him to embrace what God was saying. We can hear God through other people, through what we see in other people. I want to tell you a story about a wonderful lady who I have been meeting with for probably 16 years. She's called a spiritual director, which is quite a posh title. But to me, she's a friend. And when I started training for ordination, I was encouraged to find a spiritual director. So I met somebody at the diocese who kind of interviewed me. And she said, I'm going to put you in touch with somebody who I think you'll get on with. So I started meeting her, and we got on very, very well. And I'd been meeting her about every two months for the course of about a year. And one day I arrived at her house, and she said to me, Debbie, I need to talk to you. We're getting on really well, but I need to tell you something and give you the opportunity of finding somebody else to meet with. She said, I'm part of the Anglican Church that doesn't believe in the ordination of women, and you are on a track to being ordained. And she said, I need to be honest with you, because I need, if that is a problem to you, you need to find somebody else to be your mentor, to be your spiritual director. And we talked about it, and I really felt, actually, that doesn't matter to me, because I'm not going to her as an ordinand, I'm going to her as Debbie. And we've created this relationship, and I learn more about God through meeting you, so I want to carry on meeting you. And she was very, very gracious. And quite surprised when I said, no, no, that's fine, let's carry on. So we carried on meeting. And um, about a year later, I I arrived again and she said, "Um, some news for you, Debbie. I said, oh yeah, what's that? And she said, I need to tell you a story. She said, last week I had a friend round who has decided to become a Roman Catholic because she's really struggling with women being ordained in the church. And we were having a conversation, and my friend said to me, my friend said, um, that she just couldn't cope with this idea of gender and ordination. And my spiritual director found herself turning to her and saying, but it's not about gender, it's about calling. And she didn't expect to say that. And as she reflected on what she had said, she realized that through meeting me, she had sensed that God had a call on my life, that it was a genuine call. And no longer could she hold to that belief that it was wrong for women to be ordained. And she said, so my husband and I have changed our minds. We've left our group called Forward in Faith. And uh, we now are embracing the fact that women can be ordained. And she came to both my deaconing and my priesting, which was an absolute joy. She had met with me and heard me speak about my life and had seen God at work in my life which unbeknown to her had challenged all her understanding of what she believed. This was as radical to her as Peter with the food. And it was, you know, it's a genuine understanding. And, you know, I was very happy to carry on meeting with her. I wasn't asking her to change her mind. But she saw in me that God was at work and that God's call in my life was genuine. So no longer could she hold on to this belief and quite radically changed. And it's actually changed her life. She's changed church. And, um, yeah, it's amazing. And she, she still talks to me about it. She spoke to me about it on Tuesday when I went to see her. Because, actually, when we see God in other people, we learn so much more about what he is saying 
And sometimes he puts in our path people who will show us something that he's been shouting at us for quite some time. Because he uses other people to speak to us. So point number, I can't remember where I am, three or four. We need to surround ourselves with other people. If we truly want to hear God, we need to know that he uses other people to speak to us. They might never open their mouths and tell us what God is saying, but we might see something in who they are, in their character, in their personality, that tells us something about God. They might speak into our lives. I've had lots of people say things to me that I know was actually God speaking. They've actually had the courage and the confidence to say to me, I just want to say something to you. And they say something and I know in my heart, wow, that's not just coming from you, that's coming from God. We need to surround ourselves with people who we trust, who we can be honest with, who we can be vulnerable with, and who, through whom we can hear more about what God is saying to us. How might we do that? If you're a regular member of our church, I'd encourage you to think about joining a home group. Because home groups are places where a group of people get to know each other well. Where they can speak into one another's lives. Where sometimes a comment that somebody makes sets our minds thinking and think, I've never seen that Bible passage in that way. And it brings new insight, a new understanding of who God is. Home groups are really important. And if you've not part of one and would like to find out more about it, come and talk to me at the end. We can also find really good mentors or spiritual directors. Again, as I say, I've been visiting this lady for a long number of years. If you have never thought about actually going and talking to somebody about how you understand faith, I can't recommend it highly enough. Again, talk to me if that's something that you're interested in. We can find prayer partners, people who will pray with us, that we can just text and say, I'm having a rubbish day, can you please pray? We need one another. God doesn't make us individuals to live in isolation. He makes us a family. And he uses all the people around us to speak to us. I love the story of Peter and Cornelius. Because they're both radical. They're both not fulfilling the norms of the day. And by meeting one another, they are able to embrace fully who they are in God. And that support of one another and that insight that they gain in meeting one another can take them to places that on their own they could never have done. God does speak. And he uses other people to speak to us. Use the people around you. Cherish them. And hear God through them. Amen.